啦啦啦啦啦啦啦。What's up, guys? Welcome to Candid Candor with Jay in January. We're so glad you joined us. And remember, our podcast is all about talking about what we want to talk about. And we give you our opinions so you can go share your opinions with your friends and start conversations. Exactly. And today, we're going to be talking about how to have healthy conversations about race. So we can't wait to dive into this today. So be sure to stay tuned. Well, hello, babe. Well, hello, Jay. It's not like we haven't seen each other all day, but we have. We've been together literally all day. All day. All day. All day. Yeah. (laughs) We are back. You know, I feel like we have to sing back in this closet because I got a video today from a friend that (laughs) showed her kids singing, they back in the closet. I kind of hope they never Google where that came from. (laughs) Like, I just think. Why would you give them the idea I mean, I mean, I'm saying don't do it. So that's what it is. (laughs) Um, but you gonna sing it? No, you already sang it. Oh, sing it, please. You already sang it. Uh, no, it's better when you sing. No, you yeah, already sang it. The viewers are told us now. that it's better when you say it. No, now there's pressure, and I don't want there to be pressure. Okay. So let's just get to it. You know, I give the people what they want for real. Yeah, I'm gonna give them this podcast because that's what they want. Did it? Whatever. <laughs> cool. Well, today, like January said, we do want to talk about conversations. Um, about race, right? So, yeah. like, we've talked about this a while. I've actually, our last podcast was the most listened to podcast we ever had. Thank you for that, by the way. That yeah, was thank awesome. you, listener. I mean, we, we didn't make anything off of it, but, like, <laughs> we thank you that people want to listen to us. Um, but our first podcast about race was very heavy on conversations. Yeah, and we touched a lot on about how to have, well, not really how, but mainly to have conversations about race because it's uncomfortable and because people don't naturally want to. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I was just thinking earlier today, I was like, you know how the Bible says, like, you're born for such a time as this? I think I was literally born for such a time as this. To like, I, like, I'm not very, I don't think I'm very, like, activist-like to where I want to, like, speak out. Like, I'm not the guy that speaks at the rally. I'm not the guy that, you know does big speeches or anything like that but i love having these conversations oh, like yeah. i feel like it's really fun for me and it's really and i love people asking questions so like this has been amazing exhausting sometimes yes but also very amazing because it's just i like i like to educate he's been an educator you you are an educator i, I, I am an educator You're still an educator and so i still like to educate especially about something i know so well yeah and i mean i can echo those sentiments and i feel like i've like a kind of the same view but also a different view being that my mom's Asian and I was just raised differently than Jay I mean we're just like so I guess well-rounded in our experiences that we just can kind of talk about whatever yeah makes it cool though makes it It does so how do you want to dive in today love so today I would just like to tackle just the the cultural concept of race right now so what day is it today Today June is 16th. Juneteenth is Friday, though. Juneteenth Let's tell is the Friday. people what Juneteenth's about. Juneteenth is Friday. It is Friday. You going to tell yeah. them what it's about? Yeah. So Juneteenth is when I believe that the slaves in Texas, that they realized that they were emancipated. So it actually was two years after the Emancipation Proclamation from President Lincoln. Fun fact. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually a holiday we celebrate in black culture, so... 
If you want to be hip to the game this week, throw a good Juneteenth episode. Not episode, but like, you know, tell somebody happy Juneteenth on Friday. Yeah, it'll good. make their day. Yeah. It'll make them feel seen. It would. So, when you said climate up today, um, obviously that we're in a time to where we are... A couple weeks removed from George Floyd, a couple weeks removed from Ahmaud Aubrey, um, about a week or so removed from riots across. I mean, I, they, I know they're still rioting in different cities, in cities, but Birmingham has not had a riot or anything. Um, and so the climate, I think, what you're trying to tackle is just like. You know where we are now. How yeah, I, what's the temperature what, right now? What, what is the temperature right now? And so, before I get to that, I would like to set the context of this isn't new. Yeah, this isn't new. Like we've known this to happen. I mean, black people have faced oppression for I think someone said four hundred and ninety three years. We face oppression in this country, so it's been quite a while. So this is not new to us. However, the conversation, the broad variety of conversations is new which is which is really really great and then i'm very very grateful and excited to see what all is going to happen through these conversations and so in the past you know we all have heard of trayvon martin and sandra bland and michael brown and there's just just so many so many people who have been senselessly murdered by hands of of the police but in the past, you know, they'd be a hashtag for a few weeks and then it would seem like it would fade away until the next hashtag and then the next hashtag and ultimately it would become a list of hashtags of people who were unjustly killed. And so now I think Jay can echo these same sentiments. It feels different. It hits different it right now. It does. And so before we dive into how to have these healthy conversations, we wanted to tackle why now? Why does it feel so different? Yeah, I think COVID had a lot to do with it. Definitely. I think because, um, and I heard somebody say this, that we were already all in a heightened, like, space of something. Like, if anything would have happened during COVID, everybody was all over it. It just so happened that it was um, something tragic that that happened. Multiple things Multiple tragic. things that's tragic. And now everybody's listening. Everybody's watching. Everybody's listening. Everybody yeah. slowed down. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have all these things distracting us and so it's a lot easier and I, that's just, that's black and white because i know sometimes we even like i think this one even hit different for us just being completely transparent because um it's easy to get numb yeah by just the same tragedies happening over and over again it's easy to see something on the news and automatically want to numb your feelings or distance yourself from it just because it's easier in the moment because it's it's painful when you feel it in its weight it's painful yeah i think there was already a brokenness in humanity with covid of just like people were people were already at a heightened like um i guess awareness of things because like there are hundreds of thousands of people unemployed there are yeah. businesses that are struggling there are i mean we, we got business closing down left and right here in birmingham so i feel like people were already at a place of brokenness and so when they saw that it was more or less like everybody could everybody didn't understand the um 
the reaction of that, but I feel like everybody could empathize with that. Mm-hmm. That's that because it wasn't a black and white thing; it was a right versus wrong thing. At yeah, that point. so absolutely. like I think it was easy to empathize with that. And now I think is the time to where people are more aware of there is a there is a systemic difference. And so, like, it's like I think hearts are being softened at a rate that they've never been softened before to mm-hmm. hear and to try to empathize and lament and understand why these things occur. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think what COVID did, it it stripped us down to the bare minimum yeah. of where we were just, like, existing. We weren't, you know, going to restaurants. We weren't – we couldn't even, like, sit down at the park. Like, it was all taped off. We just couldn't do what we normally so were sad. able to do. And so we were so accustomed by living in our distractions. And when we didn't have our distractions anymore, we actually had to, like, sit still. And I think – I don't remember who said this, but someone said – that we had to sit still in order for us to be broken yeah. because had, you know, right now it been the same, had everything been like status quo or quote unquote normal and we'd been going to work you and did going. air quotes like anybody else can see you. I did man. do air quotes. I mean. <laughs> no one else is here. This is me and you. Okay. What, okay. Well, I hope you felt my air quotes, <laughs> but had, you know, we still been doing quote unquote normal things like going to work like going to the grocery store without a face mask or just any any normal thing then I don't think we would have been able to fully grasp the weight of what we saw because I mean look in the past there have been several times where there have been where there has been video evidence of an injustice happening and it's another hashtag that we talk about for a couple weeks and then we just forget about it and we become lost in our distractions. But this time we don't have that. We, we, we couldn't do that. Like yeah. we had to sit there and we had to sit in our emotions and feel the weight of what we saw. And a lot of what Jay said is a lot of like, you know, our, our white friends and also our black friends and, you know, trans like as jay said us like we had like we had to sit and and listen for for the first time and i don't know since maybe i've been around and seeing things like this that that happen yeah i mean and like i like a little i love that you said that it was it's definitely not the first time like it's happened it's been going on honestly forever like there's been you know um problem with I don't want to say problem. I would guess that would be there is a an opportunity mm-hmm. <laughs> between um you know the police and the the killing of black and brown people. And so like I think there is so this it's not mutually exclusive to this time, but this time it just hits so differently. Yeah. But I do think mm-hmm. for the first time in I don't want to say forever because I haven't been born forever, but like I think the first time in my lifetime that I yeah. can remember that people like this, it just feels so different. Yeah. Like the people are open and, you know, and it's not. And I was just telling a friend who lives in a very rural part of Alabama because um, I was I was telling him how encouraged I was, yeah. how like and it's not just like the super liberal white people, it's like all people, like yeah. all people that yeah. I've talked to are like, I just need to learn more. I need to know mm-hmm. more. I, I understand now that I'm not, I didn't know a lot of things yeah. and it takes a humbling of yourself. And that's the first thing. Like it just takes 
a humility within yourself to, you know, come to a situation and say, I'm just, I'm not, I'm an idiot in this situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to use that word because we know somebody that used that word. <laughs> I'm an idiot in this situation. So, like, it just takes a humbling of yourself. And he was telling me, you know, it's not happening that way down there. And, all, I mean, all you can do is, you know, dominate your box. And so, like, when people come um, to you with the opportunity, you know, be willing to um, ask those questions, also be willing to answer those questions. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. Yeah, cool. So starting the conversation. So like um, one thing I want to and I want to talk from the black person perspective, if that's OK with you. You could. Cool well, I know yeah, we didn't yeah, talk. Yeah, you're about black. This before. So I am black. I mean, um, you have another perspective. I, I, well, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess can you act could. like I have another perspective. Okay, um, you're right. But I'm going I'm I'm to stick with what I know. <laughs> OK. Um, dominate your box. Dominate my box. Yep. I'm gonna stay in my lane here. Um, from the you know the black person perspective, when to start the conversation, and we've had a lot of people reach out to us. I mean, friends and people that is not we're not that close to honestly, um, and just say I don't know what to say. Like I don't know. I don't know what to ask. I don't mm-hmm. know what to. And I'm talking about white people here, but also black people trying to answer these questions like. A lot of people say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to ask. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to be offensive to you. Yeah. I don't know if um, if I'm going to sound dumb. Like, it's just a lot of people that have these thoughts within themselves that don't really know um, what to say. And, my, and what I tell people is um, when you find people that you are in a relationship with or you feel comfortable with, just be authentic with them. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you call someone your friend. Um, be authentic with them. And if you have a question, just ask. I mean, I've told you guys on previous podcasts before, like, I think the the days of taboo conversations need to be over. Mm-hmm. And that's in all avenues, and especially race. Because if there is a... If, some, if people are going to learn, and if people are going to take steps to, you know, reconcile and get back to one, I think, or get to one. I guess let's just say get back to one because we've never really been at one. <laughs> um, and so to get to one, um, I think you have to be okay with sounding dumb. You have to be okay mm-hmm. with, um, you have to be okay with what you say may sound offensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as I think as a as a black person, though, and I can only speak for myself because I'm not, I can't speak for all black people, but like for myself, I'd much rather you ask me a question that you may think sound offensive than to just come up with your own, you know, um, your own answer for that, yeah. if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I just think there there's a learning process to this. And there's a, I mean, there's a learning curve. It's like, I'm a math person. If I tried to teach you discrete math, whatever you ask me is going to sound stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I, I'm a major in that in that area. It's the same concept. Like, race isn't different than learning anything else. You just mm-hmm. have to put yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all like super, super, super good. I think that right now people, they need to just be there. Yeah. Just be like, not even say anything, just be available. There have been several friends who, who've kind of waited like a few days to text me because, because they told me, I don't know what to say. It's like, you don't have to have the right words. Just be there. Be like, Hey. I'm with you, sitting here with you in this pain. I'm here for you. Yeah. That is all really any friend needs to hear in a time where, you know, they're they're sad or they're grieving. Yeah, but I think it has to come from an authentic heart. Like, it can't yeah. just be, 
um, I'm sitting there with you, but honestly, you don't feel anything about it because that's just. I well, think. Well, that's lying. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but I think if we if we miss the part about authenticity, um, it just becomes we become more divided essentially because mm-hmm. it's just like I know what you need right now. You need to hear this. I don't really care how you feel type thing if it doesn't come from an authentic heart. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like, I would much rather you butcher the words you say when you're trying to tell me something. But if it comes from a real place, um, I just feel like this is the time and I can get real sideways with this. But like, this is the time that like we need for people to we need people to show them true selves so that we can really work on to becoming one. Because mm-hmm. I feel like as much as we tiptoe around things. I mean, we've been tiptoeing around things since we got here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's why we we I mean, still why, in this situation. You know, 400 plus years now, and we're still having to talk about oppression with the black and brown community. Yeah, because no, I don't think people, and I and I think, and I and I, I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful here. I even think there was in, in the civil rights movement, it was one sided. So like, black people were like, "This is what we need. Mm-hmm. This is what." But I think white people were just like, y'all going to be okay. <laughs> like, and it's that's just... a whole other conversation yeah. that I'm, I've been trying to have. And it's, it, it could come across as controversial, but, yeah. you know, that's okay. I think a little controversy is healthy. But I, recently I read a book called The Color of Compromise by, I could be butchering his name. His name is Jamar Tis, Tisby. And it's an amazing book. It talks about the truth about the American church's complicity in racism. And so all it, it goes back to history. It talks about like the slave trade, talks about like civil rights movement and several other historical things that have happened in the past where the church has been historically silent about. Yeah. Where the church is actually, their silence what equ- equated to complicity in keeping slaves under the the rule of their their slave owner and and different things like that and not only slavery but it even comes back to to the present yeah um, what's I, that quote about um if you're if if uh, i've seen on instagram a hundred times the last three weeks it's like if essentially like if you don't speak out you're in the you're with the problem or something like that so like yeah. if you if i mean i think silence shows compliance to me like if you just like if you don't have an opinion then your opinion is the wrong opinion (laughs) like if that makes sense yeah if you don't choose if you don't choose a side then you are choosing a side yeah (laughs) essentially is what it's kind of like when you go to court and i've never been to court let me let me put that out there (laughs) i've never been i've never i've been to traffic court but i've never been to real court it's kind of like like when you like when you've been and not interrogated what are you called when you're on the witness stand and you just plead the fifth the whole time. Well, it's just like, well, we know now that <laughs> that what you can't say is what you probably did. Um, but I do think there is a powerful thing happening now because you, you brought up the church. So we might as well just go there. So like, oh, yeah. And I actually have a really great quote from from the book. Uh, can I share it? Yeah, go ahead. OK, I'm going to share it. He, uh Jamar said, the failure of many Christians in the South and across the nation to decisively oppose the racism in their families, communities, and even in their own churches provided fertile soil for the seeds of hatred to grow. The refusal to act in the midst of injustice is itself an act of injustice. Indifference to oppression perpetuates oppression. Huh. Uh. Oh. Dang. That's good. Jamar, I don't know if you're going to listen to this, but you did that. You did that, dude. 
I do think though there is because you you read stuff like that and even books like that, but then like you start to think like, what can I practically do? You know what I mean? Like, and I and <laughs> I'm talking from a perspective of a white person here, even though I'm not a white person. <laughs> Uh, we need we need some diversity on this podcast. We, <laughs> so we need we need to bring somebody in. I mean, we got we, we got plenty of friends we can bring in. Our yeah. closet's kind of small though, so we got to go really somewhere small. else. But we have I, a half Asian. We do have a half Asian this year, uh, but I do think um, kind of getting back to the conversation pieces um, from the I'm switching back to black perspective. Yeah, which is me. sorry, we kind of got on this yeah. tangent there. Switching back to <laughs> kind of my perspective, I think one thing that we need to do as black people is um, we talk a lot about worldviews. Me and January mm-hmm. do. And so like, and what a worldview is, and I could butcher this. I learned this in Colonel Bamberg's class in an old Testament <laughs> at Mary Milton Institute, but essentially worldview is like how we view the world. Mm-hmm. And so like, because we all grew up in different circumstances, we all view the world differently. Um, for example, I grew up in South Atlanta, the way I view the world is not it's gonna to be totally different than the way January views the world because she grew up in enterprise. That doesn't mean that when we come together and become one that our worldview can parallel each other. But also, um, when we when we come together, it's just like marriage, when you come together, like you gotta you gotta fight different worldviews in order to become one. It's like a like a mending and breaking process. And so I think when you when you have these conversations with people, you need to go into them knowing that their worldview probably is gonna be a lot different. Mm-hmm. And so, but you can't hold that against them. Absolutely not. Like it's no. just, yeah, you just can't. You can't. Like if I if you grew up a white male in Mississippi or a white female in Mississippi, and you stayed in a predominantly white town, and you went to Mississippi State, and you showed up here in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, my worldview and your worldview is probably going to be a lot different. But you got to be okay with that. You also got to remember God made everybody different. <laughs> and so like and he's pretty smart. So like I would I would just like when you have these conversations go into knowing that the worldview is probably going to be different. And so things that are said or um things that can be misunderstood could probably come off to be slightly offensive because but I don't think it's coming but you got to know the heart of the person. Mm. Like it's not um, I don't think they have, I don't, and this could, this could be true in some conversations, but like you have to assume the best and assume things come out of just um, not knowing. Yeah. A, a wise yeah. lady once told me, you have to assume the best of people. Yeah. So if you aren't sure if it's coming from like a pure heart, then you assume the best of that person until they prove you wrong. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously you don't have to do that. Like Jay and I do that yeah. just because, you know, we naturally assume the best of people. But no, I love what you just said. Like your worldview is your own reality. Your worldview is determined by your reality. And your reality includes like your upbringing, your genetics, um, just your different experiences experiences that you've had in the world. And so whenever you come together, you come with an open heart to the table, knowing yeah. that, you know, Jay Jay's worldview is different than my, my worldview, but we've already decided that we're going to try and work this out together and figure out how we can get on the same page in regards to like marriage. But I, I think you can take the same approach to just a, a difficult conversation. Yeah. If you come to the table with an open heart and you are prepared to at least try to see the other person's point of view and empathize with them and then share your stories together. 
Yeah, I do think the first win of those conversations is getting to the table. So there is a that's a that's a step for a lot of people is getting to the table um, to have those conversations. Um, and but I keep harping on this thing. It's just like because one thing you know has been getting on my nerves is, and I can get once again I can get on the tangent here. I'm sorry, but like what's been getting on my nerves is because we're we believe the best of people so much, um, and I also extend we both also extend so much grace and so like there is there's literally nothing someone could ask us or nothing someone or it doesn't matter how how far one way you went if you came to ask us something about you know us or our culture or anything we'll be willing to have that conversation but one thing I've been like that's been driving me insane is people that are kind of shaming other people because they're kind of late to the party, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, if I was going to a party and I showed up 20 minutes late, would you tell me that, like, would you shame me at the door for being late and then not let me in? No, you're just going to let me in and party. Like, chances mm-hmm. are, if we go into a party, we're going to be late anyway. <laughs> and so, like, one thing that's been driving me insane is, and it's come from white people and black people, it's just, like, there's people that are taking steps, right? Steps, all we want people to do is take steps. But you don't need to feel shame in those steps. And what I mean by that is, you know, whatever happened in your life before, you know, it's it's I'm going to compare it to salvation. But like I don't know, that's the best example I can get to. It's like whatever happened before, like it happened. It's okay. It's not okay. But you're taking steps to learn and grow. And all we can, all we can ask people to do is take those steps. Mm -hmm. But I think from the side of people that are answering these questions and having these conversations, we got to extend grace for that. So like, we got to be happy that people want to come to the table. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just feel like there is a lot of shaming going on um, from white people and black people. We got some white, white, white people that are like, you know, I've been, I've been supporting Black Life Matter for my whole life. I got, I got a bunch of black. Like it's just like mm-hmm. a lot of things. And then you got these people that are like, their eyes have been open and they're just fresh and they yeah. want to learn so much. But they just don't know what to say because they don't want to say anything wrong. Which, yeah. which that's fine too. But like you don't, you just don't need to carry that shame, that shame yeah. or that weight. And I want you to know if you're in that area to like you just you don't know what to say you don't know um if you're gonna be offensive you don't you don't know like if you feel shame because like you're just now understanding or trying to understand don't like i i i just think coming from a black person i just feel like that's not you should not feel shame (laughs) in that yeah um even like so deep as to far like far like if you know like if you had a very radical racist past like I, the past sucks, like, but don't feel shame that you have taken your steps. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's one big thing because I think sh- what shame does is divide us. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what the devil wants to do... Oh, I'm about to preach a little bit. I was hey, get the keys out. I'm ready. <laughs> what the devil wants to do is keep you in that shame and tell you that you never can be any different. And so, like, I just think that, you know, you need to hear that um, grace has been extended to all people and we all fall short of the glory but grace has been extended and that you you know take those steps and learn and get in those conversations and you know is it regurgitate 
regurgitate if I wanted to replicate Rep, yeah. repli- replicate those conversations yeah, that sounds good. Let's go. um, with people around you and you know we can change the world one conversation at a time yeah and like just to echo and get a little bit more biblical is like shame is not of the Lord shame is of the devil guilt wow. is of the Lord a healthy guilt and conviction is of, of the Lord and one thing for you to know is that shame thrives in secrecy and judgment also and so but if you do feel shame like don't carry that that that's that's not of yeah. the Lord that is not biblical yeah. like it's not your weight to carry you're you're that it's not it's just not yours to carry yeah, in anything not yeah. just this yeah like this is just a life lesson yeah. just don't carry shame yeah and i think um and i guess what we want to get you guys through because we can't we keep making these podcasts longer than we tell people we're gonna make them so like we, we get talking and so um we just want you guys to know that in these conversations and just in life and as we grow together and as we i really truly feel like the world will never be the same because of these moments. Um, and I think it's going to take people, you know, being okay, getting out of their comfort zone, like we talked about before, but we want you guys to be equipped and know that, um, whatever you think you might want to talk to someone about or whatever you think you want to, um, just sit and listen about, like, don't feel any type of shame in that. But also if you don't think you have the words to say, and you don't think, um, that you can articulate or ask the right questions. We're just, I mean, I am, and I can only speak for myself here. I am just happy that you want to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And so. Because yeah. for so long. No one has wanted to have those yeah. conversations. I mean, yeah. we've had close friends who don't want to touch that conversation with a 10 foot pole. And um, it, coming from like us, it's frustrating because we want to help people understand so we can grow together so we can get better together so we can fight these injustices together because in the past it has just been black people who have been vocal about any kind of like injustice done to the black and brown community and we I mean yes we've had some white allies but now I feel like we have so many more white allies and we can if we can just capture this and that's what makes it different yeah what makes it different is Mm -hmm. for the first time ever I've seen so many people I mean white people yeah that are just fed up <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was just like it's like it got to a point and I and you know there's spiritual there's spiritual things about that and there's also COVID that helped that out which is crazy to say but like COVID helped in this aspect um and I think that's what makes it so different mm-hmm. so I think we're in a turning point and that is unprecedented in any part of our history yeah that we can really come together and make some true change. But I think it starts in your box mm-hmm. um, and just dominating it and be okay getting outside of yourself. Humble yourself on both sides, white and black. Mm-hmm. Humble yourself. and No, you this know, is bigger than you and yeah. it's bigger than me. This is about the kingdom of God and this is about winning people like yeah. for Christ. And it's also about the unity of humanity. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. um, I to just make that well-rounded for, yeah. you know, in case we have any, you know, you non-Christian. Yeah. Listeners. Which is great. That's cool. I mean, this, I mean, I'm glad that you're listening <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think we should yeah. stop there. We can we talk did. about this a long time. We can. I actually want to talk about, um, how 
this could be a whole nother episode. But talk about how we know we only think racism is white or black, but like there's so many other aspects Yo, to that. I have met some very uh racist people who have the same color skin as yeah. me, especially when I was young. When I was when very young. I was young. That's when we were young. When it? we were young, <laughs> yeah. We were young. Adele is shaking her head at you. Uh, if Adele is listening, I don't care what you're doing, girl. <laughs> you, can, you can shake your head all day. But yes, that's another conver- conversation for a different day. That's but right. all in all, just be authentic with your people. Yeah. If you, you know, love the person who's not the same skin color, just looks different than you. Just love them authentically and wholeheartedly because that's all any of us really want. We all want to feel needed and known and loved and and valued by the people around us. And it's really, it's a lot easier to do that than you think. Yes. And like a wise woman once told me through a podcast, because I didn't ever meet her. When you know better, better, you you do do better. better. Appreciate you guys listening today. By the way, that was my Angela. Yeah, I I, I always say her name wrong, so I didn't want to say it out loud. But (laughs) like, subscribe, uh, share, tweet. Somebody sponsor us. Let's do that. I don't know know who. Sponsor us. The show is sponsored by Overflow Car Wash. Not really, but if you're in Tuscaloosa, go to Overflow. See Miss Lou. She'll hook you up. Miss Lou. Miss Lou. Yeah. Hey, love you guys. Are we allowed to do that? I always say love you guys. I do. I I guess I love everybody on here. I, I do love you. He said that confidently. I do. So I do. He loves you a lot. But even, yes, even you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I think we bantered a lot this one. We did. But I hope you enjoy it because we enjoy it. Um, be sure to let us know what you think yeah. about this podcast, whether you love it, you hate it. Um, you want us to talk about something different, uh, which we'll, we'll probably still talk about race. Uh, but we're open to your suggestions. So thanks again, y'all. Bye-bye. We'll catch you next time. Goodness.